want to give you guys a quick uh, update on my kid. I always talk about Judah, and I've got an update. Um, and if you have a Bible, you can go ahead and turn there while I tell you this story, uh, to Psalms 78. That's where we'll be this morning, Psalm 78. And as you turn there, if you need a Bible, also slip up your hand. We'd love to get a Bible in your hand. Uh, Allie will help pass out some Bibles, and other Allie will help pass out some Bibles. Uh, and so if you need a Bible, slip up your hand. We'd love to get a Bible in your hand and turn to Psalm 78. Uh, I always talk about my, my sons, Judah and Jones, and uh, this happened last time uh, in kind of the middle of February, right after Valentine's Day, my son goes to a day school, uh, and at the day school, he talked about the things that he loves, and so I wanted to share some of those with you, and the teacher uh, wrote them out uh, for him, and so she asked, what are the things that you love? He says, my name is Judah, and these are the things that I love, and this is story time here with you guys. He says, I, I love my baby Jonesy. Uh, that's our, that's our, yes, that's our son. We call him Jonesy, uh, Jones. I love mommy and daddy, which is amazing. Good word. I love pepperonis. <laughs> I just beat out pepperonis. It was close. Uh, but I got that one. Um, I love to go to Grace Marietta, which is incredible. Yes, you're below pepperonis, but still, he loved being here. Also on this list is some interesting stuff. I love making new friends, but he also says, I love mosquitoes. So you guys are kind of in the same place as mosquitoes, which is interesting. I don't know why he loves them so much. Um, I can't figure that out for the life of me, but uh, there are some things that he loves. He loves being here at Grace Marietta. He loves making new friends at Grace Marietta. Um, he also loves mosquitoes, so there's that. There are some things that our kids or the next generation that they love. And oftentimes, they come from us, the current generation. Now, I hate mosquitoes, so it didn't come from me, but I do love pepperonis. I, I will go ahead and admit that right now. I love being at Grace, but I also love pepperonis. And I will eat pepperonis, and Judah started seeing me do that, and he goes, I want some as well, and now he is hooked on pepperonis. There are these things that we pass down to the next generation. And there are some things that maybe we wish we could pass down to the next generation. In the Bible, this is such a key concept throughout Scripture when it comes to what God is doing with his people. And this is a, a key factor in the Old Testament as well as the New and before we get into the Psalms 78 passage, I want us to look at two passages in Judges. It says this about the current generation and the next generation. This is Judges 2.10. This is after uh, Joshua had gotten them into the promised land, and now they're trying to figure out what's next. And this is what the current generation ends up doing here. It says this, and I think it'll be up on the screen in Judges 2.10. And all that generation the current one, they also were gathered to their fathers and arose another generation, so the next generation, there it is, and arose another generation after them who did not know the Lord and the work that he had done in Israel. 
our founding pastor, uh, Buddy Hoffman, uh, he would always say this. He would say, we are one generation away from becoming extinct as Christians. And the key factor with that is, will we tell the next generation of who the Lord is? So much so that they know him. And I talked about knowing versus knowing about a few weeks ago. But not just talking about God, but actually helping them have a relationship with God. And the key piece to this, I'm looking at this as like, okay, this is a major problem. If we don't address to the next generation who God is, then we might become extinct as Christians. And so how do we communicate this? Well, first, we gotta address some core things that actually come out in Judges, and then we're gonna look at the solution that we see in Psalm 78. And so what is this core issue? This core issue that is brought up at the end of Judges says this about a current generation. It says this. In those days, there was no king in Israel. Here it is. And everyone did what was right in their own eyes. And so the peace between sharing to the next generation is that current generation has decided we are gonna do right with, we're gonna do what is right in our own eyes. We are going to do what we think is best. Now the kiddos, the little ones, they say, you do you. That's the common phrase. I don't know if that's hip or that's out now. It could be. Uh, But there's this phrase that goes around that says, you do you. You do what is best for you. You do what is right in your own eyes. If, If this was a trendy commentary, the trendy commentary on this last verse would be, everyone did what was right in their own eyes, or you do you. You figure out what is best for you. And that is the hindering piece to telling the next generation or the next generation not knowing. And what I wanna do for us this week is a very practical thing. I like doing practical stuff with next generation, so I thought I would do it with y'all as well. We've got some processing questions that you will get on your way out that you can look through this week on your own time to be able to think through some of these things about how do I start engaging with the next generation? Well, the first question is this, and it's the first question that will be on your sheet of paper that you get from the NG3 guys on your way out, is what are you doing that might be right in your own eyes, but not in God's? It's a pretty convicting question. We were just throwing balls through hula hoops, and now, Benton, you're asking this convicting question of what am I doing right in my own eyes that may not be right in God's? I want you to think about this. Is it an excuse? Is it, is it something that you end up compromising with your faith? Is it a distraction? I'll share with me, for me personally, uh, we were actually just driving up here, and this story was getting shared. Megan was updating me on this. Uh, I like putting Judah down at night. We kind of rotate. But Judah said this to Megan when Megan was putting him down. He said this. He said, hey, can I play in my room and not go to bed? And she said, why? You normally just go right to bed. She said this. She said, well, daddy lets me play in my room while he's on his phone. I was like, golly, what a convicting message. I am preaching this, and I find out this morning that there's something that I am doing right in my own eyes, but may not be right in God's. 
There are other times that I can get on my phone. Phones are a great tool, terrible master, great tool. And I wanna use it when I can, but I don't have to use it when I'm hanging out with my son at the end of the day. And so for me, that's something that I've gotta lay down. For you, what might it be? You don't have to answer that right now, but just this week when you get this sheet, begin thinking about this. We talked about co-discernment a few weeks ago. Maybe you, don't, you can't see that clearly. Maybe this is a good time to talk to your spouse or your friend or your family member and just ask, is there something that I'm doing right in my own eyes? Is there something that I'm compromising here that is hindering me from thinking about the next generation? What might that be? What might be that thing? Because that kicks off what we've read about, which is problem of the next generation did not know the Lord because they were doing things that were right in their own eyes. And so what's the solution? What should we be doing? Psalm 78 is where we are at. If you could look there, Psalm 78 verse 1 says this, give ear, O my people, to my teaching. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. And I will open up my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings from of old. You'll see Jesus actually talk about this verse in the New Testament when it comes to parables. And he's talking about, I am telling parables to reveal what God is up to. And we'll see that a little bit more. Things that we've heard and known that our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from their children but tell them to the coming generation. Let's stop right there. When it comes to next generation, when it comes to student ministry, kids ministry, it's not about, hey, just discipling your own kids. Maybe God's leading you towards that. But for you, it might be a a, a niece, a nephew, a cousin, someone you work with. There might be somebody that we look to to say, okay, who is this next generation for me? Last week, Douglas talked about passing the cloak, and he was talking about this individual thing that God has wired you with that you then pass on to the next person. For us, this is not just a unique thing, but this is a broad thing. This is a big calling. And it says this, that we will not hide, we will tell. Point number one, if you're taking notes, is this. Every generation has a responsibility to the next. Every generation has a responsibility to the next generation. It's not we might tell if it's convenient. We could tell if it makes sense for us. We may hide, we may not hide. No, it's saying, no, this is a promise. This is a statement. This is not a if and when. This is we will. And the question I want to ask this morning is, will we, current generation, and let's just say if you're 18 and up, 21 and up, Will we be called the we will tell generation? Is that what we will be marked by? Will we be marked by the ones who said, yes, we will tell the next generation. We will not hide. We will tell everything. Verse eight says this, if you skip on down, it says, and they shall not be like their fathers, (laughs) AKA, we're talking about ourselves here, a stubborn and rebellious generation. What he is saying, the psalmist is saying, is this. He's saying, we're not going to hide anything. We're going to talk about when we were rebellious. We're going to talk about when we were stubborn. And we're going to talk about where God is at work, even in the midst of those things. We are going to be transparent. 
generation. Because we are gonna look to the next generation and they're gonna wanna know what is real life look like? How do I step into it? And it says we will not hide the good stuff or the bad stuff, but we will be transparent with the next generation. And so every generation has this responsibility to the next, whether we have kids or not. Another question, processing question that you'll get this week is if, if this is an obligation or a must, the question is this, how will we begin to restructure our lives that have a next generation focus? How will we restructure our schedule? And I'm not saying, you know, leave your job or anything like that. I'm saying one thing. And I've actually shared this last time with Judah. The big thing that I've done at night is I'm saying, hey, I want him to have questions about God and I want him to be able to ask me about those questions. And so before he goes to bed, we read a book and then he asks questions about God. And that's something that I'm like, I, that's a non-negotiable for me. I'm gonna let him ask those questions. I'm not gonna try to rush that process. I'm gonna restructure my schedule to do that. So maybe it's just one thing, one question, one conversation that you need to do to restructure your schedule towards the next generation. Next question is this, as we look at the remaining verses, is what is that responsibility? If every generation has a responsibility to the next, what is it exactly? Verse four, we continue. It says, we'll tell the coming generation of the glorious deeds of the Lord and his might and the wonders he has done. Point number two, every generation reveals God to the next generation. We have the responsibility to care about the next generation, but what are we actually being responsible for? And it's revealing God in those moments that might be rebellious or hard or difficult or might be good, that we're supposed to say, hey, here is God, here is God. Let me tell you about the goodness of God, the glory of God. Let me show you his might. Let me show you his wonder and all the things that he has done. Some things for you parents in the room, and I learned this from other parents as well, if your kids don't know how you came to faith, that's a good place to start, to share the glory and the wonder and the might of what God is up to in your own life. Do they know it? Do they know your own story? Do they know how you came to faith? Do they know how God is working in your life now? I thought about this with my youngest son, Jones, and I'm like, he, he's one. <laughs> and I'm like, Jones, let me tell you about when I was in college. I'm like, okay, he's not gonna get this. Why? I, that, that point doesn't make sense. But something that my wife Megan has done, which I think is amazing, I recommend it highly for everyone, she is keeping a journal of how God has worked in Jones's life as well as our own life in the season when he is from ages zero to three to four and so on. And so, again, processing questions. If your kids or, or the one that you're leading in the next generation doesn't know your story and they're old enough to understand your story, tell it. If not, write it down. So when they get older, you can be able to tell it to them. And it's fascinating to write these things down because we don't, we don't hide these things from Jones. We had a miscarriage before Jones, and we had a lot of doubts about Jones. We had a lot of hesitations about Jones, and we wanted him to know the full story, like, hey, this ain't just rainbows around here. There is something that was really hard for us that we wanted to communicate to you, and we are so thankful that God has redeemed this for you to be here, 
And that's not everybody's story. God's working in different ways in people's lives, but we are called to write it down or tell them about what God is up to. And it's those three things, glory, might, wonder. Where's the goodness of God? Where's the power of God? Where are we just in awe of who God is? And the cool thing is, when you talk to the next generation about the goodness of God, they start pointing out the goodness of God in your life. And you're like, you're right, that tree is amazing. It's been in our front yard for years. I've never really liked it, but it's blooming right now in the spring. And I've never seen how just white it is in front. I was like, I didn't even know we had that tree in our front yard. Like, I didn't know that that tree existed. And now I see it because Judah started pointing to it. And it's like, how did that tree grow? Why is that tree white and that one's green? And it's like just simple wonder and awe that kids have about the goodness of God that you're like, you're right. I am taking this for granted. I need to behold the goodness of God in these ways. So we see that there is, every generation has a responsibility to the next. Every generation reveals God to the next. And now there's one more piece of that responsibility that each generation carries to the next. And let's, let's read that. It's in verse five. He established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded from our fathers, here it is, to teach their children that the next generation might know them even the children yet unborn, and arise and tell them to tell their children so that they can have their hope in God. And then here's the key piece, the judges with the solution, and not forget the works of God. Judges, a generation forgot. How do you help them not forget? The key piece here is this, that every generation releases responsibility to the next generation. We give it away. It's messy to see students lead sometimes, but it is meaningful. We do this thing called uh, Thrive that happens in middle schools, and it's middle schoolers leading middle schoolers. What a mess. But man, when a kid gets up there and talks about how God has worked through the loss of his dad, And if you ever had loss before, we'd love to pray with you. When you see a sixth grader do that, it is a game changer. And when we, and he says, we also have middle school leaders in the back who would love to pray with you. And when you see kids who have a lot of loss just go in droves to other kids, you're like, this is it. (laughs) This is it. This is the kingdom of God breaking through. This is this generation telling the next generation to go tell the next generation to go tell the next generation, even those not yet born, so that they can go tell the next generation. That is it. And it is messy. I'm reminded of Jesus with the disciples and Lazarus comes out of the grave and the disciples are like, God, he smells bad. He's been dead for days. He's like, I want you to clothe him. I am giving responsibility over to you, disciples. Clothe him. Bring him back into the community. You've got a responsibility just like Jesus had that responsibility as well. And we think it is messy, but it is meaningful. One of the things that we say, too, is we want to empower the next generation to be disciple makers. Not just disciples, not just attenders, not just followers, but even further than that, Disciple makers. 
And we believe that it can start at a very young age. And we want to help them. We want to train them. We want to equip them. We don't want to just empower the next generation and be like, hey, just go tell you know, your friends about Jesus. And they're like, I don't even know where to begin. I don't even know what's going on. We don't just empower them by just throwing them to the wolves. We also equip them. And that's one of the things that we have and hold. And the best way to do that, like I've said, is you start with your own story of how God has worked in you. You share that. And then you disciple that next generation. You walk with them so that they can begin telling the next generation, even those not yet born. There was a time at prayer this morning that was super powerful that I'm just gonna share. Uh, There was someone that was here about 20 years ago that was a part of the uh, Holt Road Baptist Church. And he came up here this morning. I don't know where he's at. Jarrett? Is he in the back? Oh, there you are. (laughs) You were over here earlier. He shared this morning about how the pastor 20 years ago got this vision of how the students and the kids were going to be in here magnifying the Lord. That was 20 years ago. He was even saying, he was like, with these kids, it was probably their parents were their age at the time. But he had this long-term vision from the Lord of like, I'm seeing those not yet born worshiping God in this room. And that's happening. It happens on Wednesday nights. It happens right here. You see them dancing, spinning around, raising their hands, going crazy for the Lord. Yes, yeah, yeah, come on. What God had deposited 20 years ago was straight out of this text, and it says, you tell the next generation. You tell the next generation. And at that time, even those not yet born are now going to tell the next generation as well so that we can set our hope on the Lord and not forget his goodness. And that's what we're doing here. And so I'm now going to do this. I'm gonna release responsibility to the next. We've got some stories that we would love to share of how God is working in four of our students. Uh, We would have had more stories up here, and maybe we'll do that, but we're running out of time, so we picked four, okay? So we got more stories out there. But if you could, welcome up Alexis, Anna, Anna, and Parker. Give them a round of applause. And they're going to share a little bit about how God has been at work in their life. I'm going to move this out of the way. Oh, thank you, sir. Oh, Lee, such a servant. Got me a chair. Amazing. All right, cool. All right, so introduce yourself, what grade you're in, and where you go to school. Hi, my name's Parker. I'm a sophomore at Wheeler High School. Hello, my name's Anna, and I'm a junior at Pope High School. I'm Anna, and I'm in seventh grade at Dodgen Middle School. I'm Alexis. I'm in sixth grade at Dodgen Middle School. Nice. Awesome. Now tell us a little bit, Alexis, we'll start with you. Tell us a little bit about how God has been working in your life, even with Fallout, which is a middle school event that we just had uh, in December, where we had our students go away for a retreat. So tell us a little bit about that experience and what God revealed to you there. Yeah, so I have been going to church since I was little, and everyone's always told me that, oh, God created everything, and this is just how it is. And I 
thought I believed it, but I don't think I really did. So then I went to Fallout, and one of the pastors um, had a sermon, and it really spoke to me. It was, you just let go of everything that doesn't really matter, like all of the drama and the friends. That just shouldn't take all of your focus. God should be the one thing that you plug into and you focus on that should give all of your love to. Awesome. Yeah, yeah that's amazing. When we hear these stories, and we're going to continue to hear these stories, we're going to applaud for them at the end and applaud for the Lord. Uh, but it, it's, it's amazing to hear these stories and take them and be like, man, this is God at work. I need to let go of the drama myself, you know? It's not like the drama ends, the drama continues. And so how can we let go of the things that may feel a bit dramatic to us and lean into God? And you even shared this at Fallout. The presence of God was just, you know, in the room. And it was like, nothing else matters but the presence of God. That's what Alexis was sharing when, when she first shared this a few weeks ago. It's like, nothing else matters but the presence of God. And the presence of God was in the room. And that just is a, a, an amazing relief to say, you know what? You're right. <laughs> nothing else matters but the presence of God in the room. Amazing. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. So I go to school and I tell my friends, I say, do you know what this shirt means? This means I go to Lug Live. And I say, would you like to come to Lug Live with me? Because I think it's awesome. <laughs> you know, I have a couple of my friends in the audience right now and they would probably know everything about this church by now. I talk about church a lot and I think Lug Live is a really good way to invite people into it because it doesn't feel overly pushy or anything, and it's a comfortable group size to introduce people to God. And a lot of people nowadays don't really have a safe place to talk to people, and I feel like that can provide that place for a lot of people. Um, and you can just bring your worries to Christ there. And I've been blessed, so I feel the need to help bless others. And when they actually do show up, like today, I feel really joyful and I feel really happy for them. Yeah. Amazing, amazing. <laughs> Lug is the thing that we have on Wednesday nights. You've probably heard about it. Lug means living under grace. And uh, the amazing thing about Daniel and the team's leadership on Wednesday nights is that you feel that, just like what Anna was saying. You feel that when you come and gather together and there's new kids that are coming on Wednesday nights and they're like, Man, I feel welcome here. It doesn't feel like a hostile environment or a guilty. It's not living under guilt, uh, but it feels a lot different here. And it's kind of a relieving thing to actually be a part of something that is very unique like that. And thank you for not only just being blessed, but also blessing other people as well, which is a conviction for me. It's like, man, I am so blessed. How can I begin to bless other people? That's amazing. Anna. Next, Anna. Other Anna. Other Anna. Yes. <laughs> Alrighty, so today I just kind of wanted to share a little bit of my life story, I guess. So, um, unfortunately, I did experience some loss a few years ago of a family member, and I really didn't know what to do with that. I was really struggling, like, truly. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to question God. I'm going to ask questions. And so I just started getting 
into a deeper faith and a deeper connection with God. And I just kind of wanted to come up here and say, it's okay to have questions. It's okay to question. Ask pastors, ask your spiritual leaders. Like, honestly, it's okay to have questions. And I just wanted to express that in front of everybody today. And I just wanted to tell y'all that in this struggle that I've had with with the grief and with my life stuff, um, I've really connected with the Lord and the Lord Lord has been the one that's pulled me through all of this and has really given me that connection, that solid rock to stand on. Yeah. Thank you, Anna. One thing we are going to do is after this, we will take communion and have prayer. And the thing I love about what God's doing with these students is that they're not only just saying what God's up to, but they're also planting seeds out in the audience. And if you have dealt with loss, if you have dealt with grief, uh, we have people that will be on the wings to pray with you uh, as well as we take communion. We're hoping and praying that these things that they're sharing of how God is at work would actually continue on in this congregation. Ask your questions. Bring the doubts. Bring the hesitations when you have conversations with the prayer team or even afterward when we meet you uh, out back. Parker, go for it, buddy. So um, I wanted to tell you guys about an experience I had this past summer at Woodlands Camp, um, which Grace has a partnership with. Um, Just a little bit of backstory on me. Um, as a kid, I, we didn't really go to church that much, and I attribute because my brother had baseball at the time. Like, my siblings always had sports, um, and I was always at the games. Um, but um, I've been going to Woodlands for five years now, and um, every Wednesday at Woodlands, every Wednesday night during chapel, they give a message about being saved and basically the gospel. And for four years, it really didn't resonate with me that much, but this past summer, I was in Wednesday night chapel, and I was just convicted by Pastor Danny's message. Um, and what they encourage you to do is they encourage you to stay after um, on Wednesday chapel and talk with your counselor. And um, so I stayed. I talked with my counselor, Noah, um, and I accepted uh, Jesus' gift to us of eternal life in the Lord. Um, and... <laughs> Thank you. Um, and what Big John does, um, Big John, he's the, the owner of Woodlands. He's, like, famous around there. He is the guy. Um, what he does at the end of camp is he tells you to go home and annoy your parents until they take you to church. Um, so I basically annoyed my mom for a few weeks, and I was like, hey, can you take me to church? And, like, I had been to Grace for Easter the, um, that same year. So I came to Grace. And honestly, like, I found my place here. Like, I am all in. I'm sure you saw me with this really bright sweater up there on the keyboard playing. Um, and then I'm here Wednesday nights for middle school leadership. Like, I'm just all in on the Lord and on this place. It's, it's been truly amazing for me to find a community here and in the Lord. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah.
Um, it's, it is so cool to see Parker because he gets here early, he leaves late. I mean, it is incredible to see him on Wednesdays and Sundays, and now he's playing keys. Like, it is cool to see this all-in thing uh, into what God is doing here, but also what God is doing through him as well. Uh, if you could, give them a round of applause again. Thank y'all so much. Amazing. We're going to move into a, a time of worship now, and so, band, you can go ahead and come on up. And uh, the way I want to kind of like set this part up is that there are these questions that we talked about processing maybe this week. There may be some things that you just heard from their stories. There may be just this conviction of like, man, what am I doing right that's in my own eyes? Or there may be this thing of, man, I do need to engage in the next generation. My kids don't know the story of how God is working in my life. I'm not journaling those things down. And, and this is not, again, a guilt thing, but this is hopefully the Spirit is at work building transformation within you to then move through you. And so we're gonna um, have this worship song that the students love. It's called Oceans. You've probably heard of it. But there's gonna be this time where you just you hear this idea of stepping out where God already is. That there's this thing that God may be stirring up in you and you need to know the reality that God is with you when you go. It may be messy telling the next generation. You may have this thing of like, hey, I, I, I don't have the right words to say or I'm too old or whatever it might be for you. But the reality is this, and this is one of my favorite quotes when it comes to next generation ministry is this and it comes from um oh Ziegler uh what's his first name Zig <laughs> yeah good job y'all true story it is but he says this he says this about students they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care and with the next generation, the big thing is just show up. Be present. You don't have to have all the right words. You may think you've aged out of discipling the next generation. You haven't. And the big call is just to show up and be present. And that might be awkward. There might be these things within you that are leading to hesitations. But go, take that step. If there's these things that you felt your own conviction based on the stories, like, man, I need that word for me this morning. I encourage you to take that step and receive prayer. I encourage you to take communion as you feel led to say, Christ, you are all that we need and you're the only one that's gonna help me. You're the one that's gonna lead me as I help lead and serve the next generation. And so let's pray right now. If you could go ahead and stand up where you are. I'm gonna pray for us and then afterward, We'll have the prayer team on the wings. You can grab communion on the wings as well. And after to sing this song together, let's pray. Lord, we thank you for who you are. We thank you that you are good. You are mighty. You are powerful. Lord, help us. May our hearts not grow cold to the wonder of who you are that you are here with us, 
You're there when we go, when we step out and try to serve the next generation or serve our kids or our nephew, our niece, our coworker, whoever it might be. Lord, may we know that you are there with us. May we never lose the wonder of who you are. May we see that you are with us every single step of this process. May we not hide who you are to the next generation. May we tell, Lord, mark us as the ones that will be called the we will tell generation. That we will tell of how you are working in the beautiful places and the broken places. May we tell all of who you are. And would you call us forward in this call that you have for us.